755 is real with David O'Brien and Eric O'Flaherty. It is on the air now. Welcome to 755 is real presented by Tops. Check out Tops Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Tops baseball cards. I'm David O'Brien, Braves writer for The Athletic, with my co-host Eric O'Flaherty, former Braves reliever. What's happening, Eric? What's up, Dave? Too much, man. God, since the last podcast, all hell broke loose. With, yeah. uh, man, you know, in this string of of misfortunes and injuries and deaths and just an awful year for the Braves, but to see uh, Cunha get hurt as far as the injuries go, I mean, they've overcome, you know, everything they've had so far, enough to stay in this race, but Acuna, I thought it's a whole different level of injury. I mean, it's like, you know, Freddie Freeman is the only other guy you could be comparable as far as the guys you can't afford to lose. And uh, he's out for the year, man, with the uh, ACL. Um, you know, when they showed the replay and went down, you you feared that was it. And the only thing, only reason maybe you didn't fear it is, or you thought maybe optimistic is when it, when he hyperextended his knee in Boston as a rookie, that looked awful too, like he had torn multiple ligaments. And it came back from that in a month. It was only a uh, a mild strain, a mild sprain of the knee. You know, so you thought, okay, well, this guy's Superman. Maybe he didn't, maybe it's not as bad as it looked, but there were tears, man. You could tell he was in some serious pain. Yeah. Tears are when you, when you know it too, you know, when you, when you do something like that the first time, it's like, all right, that, that felt different than just pain. Yeah. Something gave out. Yeah. That's the way I took it. Looking at him, you know, the anguished look, you never see Acuna looking like that. He's always looks confident, you know, uh, even after the knee thing in Boston, he took him off the field and he never had a look of, this was fear, you know, yeah. that look of, I've never felt this before. This is bad. A young guy, you know, young guy doing something like that. And you're immediately, you probably start, start thinking about everything, you know, long-term, but uh, they had hoped they had held out hope during the night. And then a few hours later, got the word that, yep, complete terror of the ACL. Then they yeah. go out the next day and strike out the first nine guys strike out against Pablo Lopez, modern era record. I might have been a little hangover from that yeah. news. You know, I mean, even as a teammate, you think about, you know, how, how important he is to the team and how are we going to, yeah, how are we going to find a way? I mean, that's a big gut punch, you know, just to the, the energy of the unit, you know? Yeah. And that's what Freddie and Ozzy said at the All-Star game is that, uh, um, they were up late with him. Uh, they were actually in the lobby, all in the ballroom, waiting for the news. And Freddie was there, took Charlie there to help cheer up Ron, Ronald. And uh, Ozzy came in. So this was all like midnight, you know. And they went, So, yeah, I'm sure that nobody got a whole lot of sleep. Um, We'll get to that uh, in a second on what the Braves are going to have to do to try to replace him. Not that you can replace him, but – and also in the Freddie contract situation. I talked to Freddie alone uh, down in Miami. And he, it was a really good conversation. I think uh, anybody's read the story probably feels a lot better about the situation since they read that. Uh, first, I want to talk a little bit about the home run derby last night and the shock, I guess, of seeing Otani. What he ended up? Did he end up getting beaten the thing and didn't even advance to this? He got beaten, first the, round. yeah, by uh, Soto, like on two two uh, overtime sessions or whatever. That three swing, that three swing playoff was pretty. <laughs> Pretty sweet. That was nice to watch because that was yeah. just a cool, different thing that you haven't seen before. I thought Otani looked was the polar opposite of of 
well, of the polar bear. Yeah. Uh, he wanted to get Pete Alonzo, and he couldn't have looked more relaxed up there. I mean, he no. looked like he was in this is zone. this is nothing for me to hit home runs on batting practice pitches. I can literally do that flicking the bat. And yeah. he he was just like he hit eight in a row at one point. And they were most most of them were monster drives too. No, you, there was no doubt when he swung that they were yeah. <laughs> they were going out. But I mean Dave Jouse was throwing him. Did you yeah. see that that overlay or, yeah. or the graphic of where he was putting the ball? It was like this big of a spot right yep. down the middle. I mean, I think I think that made a huge difference, but Watching Otani, you know, I think is a good example of when, when people talk about the game speeding up on guys. Yeah. You know, you, you say it about young guys all the time, um, but he was so sped up. I mean, he was pulling balls foul. Yeah. I think for a couple of reasons. One, you feel like you got to rush in that format. You know, you can't just sit there and take your time and wait for your pitch. Like like the old 10-out format, you know, you got a chance to wait for the right one. And that one, they're just swinging at everything rapid fire. And he was swinging so hard, so fast, and so early. He was skying you know, balls, hitting them straight up. He was hitting he was line drives on the, off the wall. He was, yeah, it did not look at all like the guy who was leading the majors in home runs. Just right. uh, he looked, he looked like he got panicked too after you know he didn't hit one for about ten or twelve swings. He didn't yeah. hit a home run, so he would hit zero on the old format. But yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was, I thought it was just you could see him trying to. One, trying to do too much, and two, trying to hurry. And if yeah. you looked at, like, Alonzo, Alonzo was swinging at, like, 90%. Otani was swinging, yeah. like, 120%. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's that's kind of, for me, that's just a good representation of, you know, the, the thing we talk about all the time with young guys, the game speeding up on them. He's not really a young guy at this point, and all the pressure he's handled, you wouldn't think it's a big deal. But he just got put into a situation where he wasn't comfortable and he was trying to do too much. And, I mean – I thought he was going to win the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, you say it's, uh, you know, people think it's just an exhibition. It's just fun and all that. But he had so much pressure on him. You know, he's a hero in Japan. He got all the attention over here. He had writers there, like dozens of writers covering it, you know, from Japan. I mean, everybody made it out to be he's the new Babe Ruth and all this. So he probably felt pressure, man. Plus, there's a million dollars on the line. I mean, it's not like they're just doing this for fun. Yeah, make it go watch last. Other guys. I mean, you have to sit there and watch and let that, let that you know anxiety build and, and excitement build, and then you go last. And you know, I mean, everybody. The reason I watched was to see him. Yeah, and I think a lot of people tuned in just to see what he'd do because of his power. But overall, I mean, the whole the whole thing was pretty fun. I had a hard time with some of the format. Just it's nice to see where the balls land and get to admire the home runs. Yeah. And it was like the distance wasn't on the screen and they were already zoomed into the next home run yeah. before the first one landed. You know, you'd see a good swing and be like, I bet he hit that 500. You, you wouldn't find out for three minutes. And it was like, yeah. I felt like I needed Adderall or something just to watch that thing. It was so fast. Yeah, that would. that's why seeing that thing in person is so much better than watching on TV. Yeah. You know, where you can see, where so. you can follow the path of the ball. Because I understand why you have to have, you know, everybody's, you, you give so many swings in a certain amount of time. I wish they could do something like maybe have a, a certain number of swings and not really have the time element. Then you could actually watch them, you know, and the guys could watch them and go, you know, and, and not just and next one, next one, next one, next yeah. one. Yeah. Because if mean, you look I at think- the old home run derbies, like with Hank Aaron and those guys back in the day, they didn't have that time thing like that. They talked, yeah. you know, and then, oh, you really got all of that one. And they, you know, and they looked and he looked and, and he would laugh and go, ah, I miss it. 
This one is just like boom, 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 boom. Yeah. You can't can't hesitate. I think it's kind of like the battle baseball's going through, though. You know, with trying to speed up the game and keep people's yeah. attention versus you know your your hardcore baseball fans want to admire that ball and appreciate yeah. that majestic shot. And that was kind of like I was kind of caught in between because it was a cool format, but. I'd see a guy like that ball Soto hit 520. I don't know which one yeah, it was. Exactly. I just know he crushed a bunch of balls. And 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 this is no fault of anybody's, but the context matters so much. Like like Cleveland, the way the ballpark is built, you could better see the ball's trajectory and where it was landing. This place yeah. between you couldn't see half the balls like where they were landing until they landed. You know, you couldn't follow yeah. the way just the way the ballpark is built. And Only like the, the balls school? to center field. The ones to center, yeah, you could appreciate exactly. how deep they got there, but the upper deck ones, you never saw land. The I think they board? needed one of those shot tracers things, you know, mm-hmm. like they and had the, in golf that yes. follows it the whole way. That would be great. And the balls that were hit into that big scoreboard and left, you couldn't see whether they hit the scoreboard or not, usually because <laughs> no. there's so much light LED going that yeah. it just kind of got lost in it when it got yeah. there. So I was, I, it was anticlimactic for me. I was expecting a couple of guys to hit one out of the park, like over third deck and everything. I think Otani would have. I think he he got pretty close to hitting one out of the stadium at BP, but he, yeah. you know, like I said, it sped up on him. He didn't put on nearly the show he's capable of. No. So anyway, I thought it was a letdown from I, the one in Cleveland. I thought was better when Acuna was in it and going yeah. opposite field and everything. But we'll see. I'm interested to see because I'm interested to see Otani tonight starting out. I, he's only pitching an inning, but man, he looked totally gassed during that thing. More, much yeah. more than the other guys. He looked like he was exhausted. Well, that's what I'm saying. He was swinging as yeah. hard as he could. Where like Alonzo was just, it looked like he was just taking batting practice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that the BP pitcher is a huge deal. Because some of the guys that, that the their their BP thrower was kind of spraying it all over the place. Yeah. You could yeah. see him just start getting in a funk. But Joust just put it in the same spot. Uh, I saw crucial, an overlay man. this morning. I, I saw an overlay this morning. The, and they were just like right here. Alonzo yep. did the same swing. And the ball yep. was in the same spot, and all four of them were homers. I think, I think that's a big factor too. That's crucial, man. Yeah, having who who your pitcher is and how fast he goes. Some of the guys were taking too much time. You yeah. know, that's it's what like, Mancini did well. Was his yeah. guy was just rapid firing it in there. Mancini impressed me, man. That would have been a yeah. great story. I know Alonzo, man. I mean, I, I guess I say this as a compliment, but. What an asshole ruining that story. And also there was a kid that like tore his ACL or something in center yeah. field and he's just bobbing his head the whole time yeah. watching it, waiting yeah. to hit again. He's rocking, man. He was yeah. like, and it's not a problem for him as far as screwing up his swing going forward or being too tired. Cause he's just up there. He's a, he's beast, just so man. strong and just flicking. Yeah. He was just flicking the ball out. It was, that was impressive. I mean, I think the only thing I've seen that's, as impressive as that was probably that year Josh Hamilton hit 28 in the yeah. first round with yeah. only 10 outs. Yeah, that was – he was hitting some bombs. Like they, they so said, uh, much more than anybody else that year. Well, he hit 28 with 10 outs. You know, yeah. I mean, if you watched yesterday, I don't know if anybody did anything like that. Alonzo might have been close. He hit six in a row a few times. Eight in a row. Eight in a row, yeah. yeah. But they said Josh Hamilton used to play around the world in BP. And consecutive hits, you know, consecutive swings, he'd go left field foul pole, left center, uh, you know, just left the center field. Then he'd hit one dead center. He'd go around the world and back sometimes in BP. So he was pretty impressive too. What a waste of talent, man. Yeah. Hell of a player when he was healthy. Yeah, he was. And clean. Yeah. Um, So 
all-star game tonight, and then we get back to it. But today, another, uh, yet another, you, you think any, nothing else can go wrong for the Braves, possibly? Ian Anderson's getting his shoulder checked today. It was sore. It was tight in his last start. And he only, he didn't even get, he, he only had, they only recorded seven outs. So left with th- an out in the third inning. Had a bad, to walk five guys, which he never does. It was career high. And he's getting that te- check today. They hope it's nothing more than fatigue, but man, sounded to me like, I mean, tightness. And he's already at um like 90, 90 some innings, which is, you know, for him, career high in a minor leagues was like 130. Yeah. And he's well, already I mean, thrown a lot more than he did last year. Well, he hasn't looked for me. He hasn't quite looked as dominant this year as far, and even as as poised and put together. You know, I mean, I've seen him in yeah. some of his starts. He looks a little rusty, but he always finds a way to to right. battle through him. You know, right. even on his, his off days, he finds a way to limit the damage really well. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, shoulder stuff. Injuries are weird because you can have something that feels like, man, I definitely need surgery and it could turn out to be just inflammation or you can uh-huh. have something that feels kind of minor and they tell you you need surgery. So I just wait for the wait for the results on him, but he probably just needs some rest. Yeah, they're going to shut. They're going to put him on the IL, I think, regardless. So which is probably smart considering, you know, he's on pace to pitch 170 innings or so. Eric, let's hear from today's sponsors. You know, you've, you've been able to replace other guys, fill in from within. You lose Acuna, man, and there's no way you're going to replace him, but certainly not from within. I think the urgency, you got to go out. If you really think you're going to, you can win this thing, you got to go out and get, you got to go get a bat. I mean, you cannot get by with what you've got, obviously. Mm-hmm. I think the Braves will wait like a week, you know, to get through these first, at least the first couple of series against the Rays and the Padres. Because their start coming out of the break is brutal, man. They've got those two guys. They got the Brewers, uh, Cardinals, what the Mets again, Phillies, all coming out of the break. But but starting with the Rays and the Padres, so it's almost a catch twenty two. I mean, you want yeah. to, you know, if you you could lose six out of seven games, then you're like, okay, we're not going to do it. But if you get somebody, maybe you have. Maybe it's you don't easier, lose a six out of seven. Right. Yeah. But it's easier said than done because, right. So Nobody's far, trading anybody right now. Yeah. Anyway. Not significant guys. Not, no significant hitters have been traded yet. And if you've got one that you're willing to trade, you're going to let it get closer to the market and drum up, you know, get yeah. some teams involved. So it's tough. A lot easier, easier said than done unless you overpay right now. And they're not going to overpay. Not for. I think the important thing too for Alex will be to get a guy who's under contractual control for at least another year. He's not going yeah. not going to trade prospects for a three month rental. They just don't do don't do that. But there are some guys out there. We've named some of them, like the Reynolds kid, like Hanniger. There are guys with contractual control, and uh, you know Marte obviously kept to, could tell Marte, but that they're not going to trade him. I don't think. But there there are guys with one, two, three years of contractual control that the Braves can go pursue if they really are serious about this. And if they come out of the break and you know and win five out of seven or even four out of seven against those two teams, yeah, it's encouraging. Or four out of six, whatever, whatever it was two game, three game series. Yeah, I think I think you got to go for it. I mean, the way they finished the first half until that last game, which I throw that away because that was supposed to Cunha, but they had one three in a row. You know, pitching a lot better. Uh, bullpen looked a lot better. Getting some timely hits. So, 
I think the hard part though now, you know, GMs look at it different. They don't, it's not, it used to just be about getting to the playoffs. Yeah. Given, given your city that playoff run and, and just building that culture in your city and, and getting the fans fired up and teams would make big trades just to get in. And I think now teams look at it like if we are not a legit World Series contender, right? we're not making a big move. Some do, for sure. You got to wonder what Alex is thinking. He's got a streak going. He's made a postseason six, six years in a row as GM. So yeah, I'm sure he doesn't want that to end. But And, you know, if you make the postseason, even if you lose in a first round, it still looks a lot better than, than the step you take back from th- winning three division titles. And not making it. And yeah. not going at all. Then then that's like people start talking about, we need to rebuild and all that. So yeah. and, and I think it's just a different state of mind within the organization if you can at least win it, the division, and get uh, – you know, and then we, anything can happen. In a you get in, anything can happen. And that, that's what you always want people to remember. I mean, you're going to have to get past some really good teams in the National League that, right. that, aren't, that aren't banged up like you are, but – I also think, man, that's that's why as a as a, it pisses me off sometimes when teams have a shot to make a big move with a really good team that could go pretty far, yeah. and they don't do it. You know, yeah. you, you make some garbage trade for just like a one reliever that's not going right. to really change too much, and then the next year you have a year like this. Yeah, yeah. It's like you think you got this yep. core group, and look at all the shit that can hit the fan. And, you never and, know what's going to happen, man. Yeah. So when teams have that window to go for it, you know. I understand, you know, as a GM, a lot of them burned down organizations and that'd be me, but I'd always go for it when I had that group that I felt like if there was one player we could get that could put us over the top. Yeah. But you got to remember if you do get into postseason series, you're going to have Charlie Morton, who's a yep. great postseason pitcher. He's pitched really well for the most part. Uh, Max Freed, who when he's on and healthy, can pitch with anybody. Smiley has looked great lately. Yep. Uh, and Ian Anderson. He's got some postseason experience now. So, I mean, you got guys. I want to see more out of Mueller, too. Yeah. Because he's looking yeah. pretty good. Yeah, you got Mueller. Mueller will come back. He'll rejoin the team after the break. He'll be the fifth starter again. You got Enoa coming off the uh, IL at some point. They could use him in a pen if they want to. Um, I still think they, you know, Acuna just, it, it just changes everything with that offense so much, not having Acuna at the top. So, I think you got to go out and get a real bat, you know. You're not going to get a leadoff guy like that. You're going to have to get by, I think, with what you got for leadoff. But unless you go out and get Cattell Marte, he could certainly do it. Yeah. But it's going to be interesting, man. It's uh, That changes everything. You, you've now lost your three of your f- uh, first four batters last year. You had all those Silver Slugger Award winners. You've lost three guys, your first, your third, and your fourth hitters from last year. I mean, it's amazing they're still in the thing, like four or five games back. Yeah. I mean, the only, the only, I think the Mets culture has changed a lot with the new ownership, but the only thing you really got to fall back on now is that they seem to find ways to. Yeah. They're not you, playing great at all. No. And that, that's the division's still there. So that, I mean, that's why it's a tough call too, because you yeah. haven't played great. You just lost your best player, but you're still right there in it. If, if you put together a run, this month will determine a lot this next few weeks. Next few weeks. Yeah. Meanwhile, Acuna is going to join Soroka and all these other rehabbing guys, and uh, that's a long one, man. It's another long re- rehab. It's not maybe quite as long as Achilles, but uh, ACL is no no joke. I mean, it's it's not what it used to be, where it used to be a year plus career threatening. It's not that anymore. I'm sure he'll come back, and I think he'll be 100 percent too. Um, but 
it might take a little longer than people think. He's not going to come back in five months, you know. And and you know the Braves after the, dealing with the Soroka business, they no, are going to be cautious. They've got yeah. to. They've got to with Acuna. You can't have setbacks. If it meant pushing him back two months to make sure, I would do that. I mean, you cannot have this because I talked to Chipper about it, and Chipper said he's going to feel good. Like after four or five months, he's going to feel good being running and everything because you got to rein it in a little bit because, you know, there's still a long way to go before you're. Well, that's the scariest part with him too, is the way he plays. Yeah. He's all out. Yeah. All out. Even Chipper, you didn't see Chipper going for triples. Right. (laughs) Right. You didn't see him. He wasn't the, the, the type of energy stealing bases, doing the type of stuff that are trying to make that catch that Acuna did trying to make that catch. I mean, 90% of outfielders just let that ball bounce off the wall and, and throw it in. Um, I mean, Bryce Harper was kind of like that when he came up and he learned to rein it in. But Got hurt all the time. Got hurt all the time. But with, with him coming back from ACL, you know, I mean, you're going to have to kind of hold the reins on him and just tell him, like, you know, even that first year back, I might not want him playing 100%. You know, just kind of yeah. just tone it down a little bit. It's, it's hard to take that away from him. But, well, yeah. there's going to be a DH next year. I would – I would, uh, depending on what your personnel's like, but I would DH him, DH him sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, you know, not put that wear and tear on him every day out in the outfield. We'll see. That's decisions to be made later, but you just hate to see it. Kid's 23 years old. Uh, you know, one of the best three players in the baseball probably. And, uh, you hate to see it. Cause you know how much fun he has playing. I mean, he's, yeah. he says, well, he's so good much for the fun. game. He's good for the game. He's great for the city and the team. You just, you know, you, you, just he adds so much excitement. He starts every game with that music playing and all that at home games. And it's, uh, it's going to be a different team watching it without him. And those and the, the cannon throws he makes. This Everything. Going, going from first, trying to score from first. I just, he's always doing something exciting. Three or four times a game, he does something that you're like, wow. You know, mm-hmm. it's fun to watch. So, Godspeed to him. I hope he... Uh, I hope it's one of, you know, most of these uh, ACL these days, guys come back fully capable of doing the stuff they did before, and I just hope to God he's not one of those that has any setbacks because uh, that would be unfair. That would be cruel <laughs> He's uh, for somebody that likes playing as much as he does. Uh, somebody, yeah, somebody it's too pointed, important for the game to have that guy come back healthy. He will. Somebody pointed out, you know, the irony, cruel irony that this is what we had talked about like a couple of times recently about nobody should give any shit to guys like Albies and Acuna for taking that because they're one play away from having a shoulder yeah. or knee or an ankle or Achilles. Look at this. I mean, how much better can he at least feel knowing he's got a hundred yeah. million at the bank, you know, no matter what. And that's, that's the thing. If he'd gone to, I don't know if he would have even gone to arbitration yet. Would he be? He would have been first year arb, and he would have got five yeah. or six mil. But yeah. you know, if he would have got less for for this, yeah. That's that's the thing. Perhaps I always think guys are crazy when they talk about it like anything's just a given. Because yeah, you know, in the back of their mind, healthy. as a player, something like this could happen at any moment out there. Not not just you know, not to mention just stopping performing. Yeah, which you wouldn't worry about with him because he's so talented, but. You step funny. I mean, Chipper tore his meniscus just walking during team stretch. You know, I mean, just weird stuff happens yeah. in baseball. But that's exactly and, what you talk about is in any minute, something like this could happen. And it's not even, you know, even if you don't play hard and reckless like he does, um, 
if you try to play conservatively, yeah, you still could do something like he did, trying to make a leaping catch and land wrong on your leg, or like Chipper when he blew his ACL out, was running out, beating out a ground ball. Yep. You know? And uh, yeah, stepped I'm, wrong, and all it takes is for an ACL is one misstep, or you step on a guy's foot. You know, like when Huddy had when Huddy got his yep. foot stepped on. Yep. Stuff you can't prevent. That's out of your control. So take that security, man. You get an offer. You got to think hard, long and hard about it if it's at all. Well, it's okay. such a tough position too because the union got the union yeah. wants guys to wait. Your agent wants you to wait in most cases. You know, They're not going to help you if you get hurt. <laughs> no, my agent's not going to send me, you know, if you blow yeah. out, he's not sending you a thank you. Yeah. Here's the 4 million you missed out on by taking that deal. You know, yeah. it's, it's the, the teams don't send you anything. I mean, you got one shot and it's, you don't want guys to be selfish because you're supposed to do it for all the players after you, but you kind of got to think about it. Like yeah. there's a hundred million sitting right in front of me. Chipper you know? did his at 22 at the end of spring training and what it would have been his rookie year. And uh, he came back 12 months later. He got, he, he I was talking to him about, it. he said he was fortunate because the players were on strike. So he yeah. didn't push the envelope to get back. There was no reason to. So that gave him an extra couple of months. But imagine being in his shoes because he didn't have a job. I mean, he was fighting for a job. So he had to come yeah. back in and, and he said, yeah, Acuna's going to have a job. So that's at least he's got that. You know, he doesn't have to worry about coming back. And But Chipper's going to spring training, trying to compete for the job for opening day roster. And he's coming back from ACL, man, after the Yeah, that, that's where it gets real hairy. So, And that's the same thing. If, if Yeah. You're going to play hard trying to win a job. Yeah. So, I mean, I just hope he takes his time and and everything works out and they do it right. Yeah. Chipper ended up being okay. Yeah. He was fine. (laughs) And he tore, you know, he tore the second time. He tore an ACL at the end. He was 38 when he did it that last time. Oh, the meniscus or did he tear his ACL again? ACL. That play in Houston. Tore his ACL. Play at third. He did it when he leaped. Everybody thinks it was when he landed. It was when he leaped. Oh, it, really? And he still made the throw. Still made the throw the guy out. I but just, yeah. I was, I remember that time he tore his meniscus. He yeah. was just, he, he did just, that a few times. He was just walking. He was getting so, he was just walking. He went to turn around and just tore his meniscus right yeah. there. And he, he didn't, I don't even think he rehabbed that thing. He was so yeah. over his body at that point. They wanted him to go play in AAA and, and, and get said, some no. rehab games in. He just said, nah. That was What's when he came back. Frame? I think he homered in his first game back when he did that. <laughs> I mean, it was a big ordeal. I remember in the clubhouse him being pissed off because they wanted him to go rehab. Yeah. He was like, I'm not going. I'll be ready. You know, so there's all the fuss about it. Then he comes up in that first game and makes a barehanded play and then hits a yep. homer. And you're like, it's Chipper Jones. When he, di- when he did it at 38, it was in like August. It was in late August. And he was back spring training day one the next year, five months. Damn. But that wasn't a full tear. They scoped it. You know, with the holes where they go in and all that, instead of opening it up. So there, it's they've advanced it a long way since he did that first one too. They can do a lot of times arthroscopic now. You know, so it depends on what kind of surgery he gets too. Sometimes they use a cadaver, you know, and sometimes, like in Chipper's case, they took a. I didn't realize this till he told me. Uh, they took part of a third of his patella tendon because he had a wide patella tendon. Some guys do. So they took a third of that, the middle third of it and made the the ligament out of that and re, you know, the ACL. Yeah. So he said, not only am I rehabbing my uh, knee uh, yeah. or my ACL, but I'm rehabbing the patella that, so he got patella tendonitis when he came back, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, I'd always rather 
Just for your body accepting it. I right. prefer it comes from my own body. Because your body but, can reject a cadaver thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure they'll uh, figure out what's the best, uh, gives them the best chance of having no no problems at all and uh, go from there. But we'll see. Just hated to see it, man. It is. It's good that he's so young because you got a lot more, you know, natural testosterone. And yeah. Growth yeah. hormone flowing through your body to help you heal up. You know, it's tougher when you're older, but Chipper made a good point too. He said, I don't know his workouts, uh, but he's going to be stronger than ever in the legs. Cause he's going to work yeah. every day on the legs. I'm like, yep. he did a lot of leg work last year in Venezuela. Cause he'd post those IG workouts and he did a lot of wet leg work, but I bet he's right. I bet that he does more than ever now. And I would expect, yep. cause he came back this year with strong, with thicker legs, mus- more muscular legs and lost it and lost a little weight. Uh, with him just working on rehab all the time, God knows what this guy could look like when he comes back. Cause he's just got that kind of body that he's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see if he gets stronger from the hips down. Yeah. We'll see. Gonna be interesting. Um, so we got that. We got, uh, you know, for, for as bad as Freddie started and it's taken him forever to get his average back up. It's, 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 easy to to overlook just how good he's been yeah. dude he hit he hit in his first let's see it was 195 with a 733 ops in his first 31 games right his last 57 games before the break he hit 315 with 12 homers, 411 OBP, 532 slug, and 943 OPS. He was totally the regular Freddie Freeman, if yeah. not a little better. Yeah. I mean, that's that's how you you had to feel like it was going to go. And I don't, you know, I mean, it's, I like what he sure said. Did. Yeah, Kelly, Kelly said that for sure. Yeah. I, I, liked, I liked what he said about not changing his approach when the balls weren't falling in. Right, right. I read that article. Because I said I've done it too long. Yeah, to change it's my worked approach. like this for too yeah. long. And he was. I mean, he was hitting the ball hard and not getting results, and that's the frustrating part of baseball. But that's part of being a veteran and understanding it, too, is a lot of guys would have started changing things and then really spiraled out of control. He just stuck with his game and kept hitting the ball hard. and It's all even and out. You know, he's, he's starting to have balls fall in. Yeah. Yeah, when I talked to him, he said, obviously I've gotten the results over the last month or so, so that's definitely helped. The frustration level has calmed down, but it was definitely different talking about the start it was weird mm-hmm. i was testing my patience big time i was like maybe i should try and do something else like try and aim it somewhere else that i normally than i normally do but i've done it for so long and it's worked for so long that i that i knew if i kept hitting the ball hard like i was it was going to change and it did it's like uh his expected batting average somebody said is like 305 right now it's like 270 yeah. something which should be over 300 so he's having a normal season by all intents and yeah. purposes. Just yeah. Um. So, and you know, I asked him about if the slow start was at all related to, you know, what was going on off the field. Obviously, he had two kids. You know, he was away from them for forty days, spring training from his wife and the two newborns. And then the contract thing, which we all thought was going to get done in the offseason, and definitely during spring training, it still hasn't. Um, and I asked him, and he said, no, that had nothing to do with it and everything. But I asked him about uh, 
you know, because we get so many people on social media who are convinced he's not, he's, he's leaving, he's not happy. You can see it in his face, his body language, all that, because he's not smiling like he usually does. And I asked him directly about that. He said, no, he goes, I'm having as much fun as I ever do. He goes, what am I supposed to be? If I'm 0 for 4, the camera catches me, I'm supposed to be smiling yeah. ear to ear, you know? He goes, I, I'm having as much fun as ever. And I asked him about the, the clubhouse. I said, are you guys as close-knit as you've been, you know, in the past when you had, you know, the other veterans and all that, and you guys were playing well and all that? He said, we're as close as all the other teams, recently teams, if not closer. We really are. He said, we got so many guys leading and contributing. He said, you got Josh Tomlin and Will Smith in the bullpen. They've got that locked down. You've got Charlie Morton and Free Max Freed. You got Ian Anderson. They're all locked in. He goes, we got our group up here. And then we combine. He goes, we're sitting on the plane and we got our awesome plane back. I guess they were in another plane for a while. He said, but we where we can play cards and stuff. So things are going well again for us. Because it's baseball. It's so hard, this game. It really is. I know it looks really easy when the ball is right down the middle, but we're still trying to cover four of the pitches that the guy's throwing. He goes, we know we're good. We've dealt with a lot. We haven't been playing like we could, but we're only four and a half games back, and we still got a very good chance. Um, and I asked him as far as, are you having fun? He's, I ha- Have you had as much fun this year? And he goes, I have. Oh, yeah. I said, because people see you, you're not smiling as much on the field and that kind of thing. And he said, it's baseball. How can you not have not have fun playing baseball? He goes, at the beginning of the year, maybe not. I was dealing with not seeing my family for 40 days of spring training and whatnot. That was definitely hard. Watching my son play baseball through a phone when we're playing the Blue Jays on Saturday. It's 1130 in the morning. And I'm by myself in the hotel room watching that. Those are tough. Then you come to the yard and try to cheer up and stuff. But we had that week at home where they played three games in Milwaukee and came back home. Because that was huge for me, not being away from him that long. But he said, there's nothing because I'm the same person in the dugout regardless. And he did this He goes, because he's quiet in the dugout. So when they show him, you know, this year when he's slumping, they show him in the dugout. He's quiet because, he but I'm always like that in the dugout. I don't I never change my head. I'm always sitting in the same spot and I'm always quiet. He's not one of the guys acting crazy and all that. And he said, uh, I said, so you, you can officially say that you're still happy here. You're not like, if you don't sign me now, trade me. And he goes, oh, no, he laughed. And he said, uh, I'm ecstatic to be here. I'm having so much fun. How can you not have fun playing baseball every day? And it's making me appreciate what we've accomplished over the last three years as well. When you go through something like this, I've always said this game is so fun. Just because I'm not grinning from ear to ear in the fifth inning when the camera pans on me doesn't mean I'm not having fun. Uh, and he and he said, nothing's changed as far as uh, as far as his desire. He goes, from day one, nothing's changed. This is the only organization I know. This is where I want to be. They gave me everything. They gave me every opportunity. When I was 22, they called me up. They gave me the contract they did at 23. Or at 20, they called him up and gave me the contract they did at 23. So, And he also said he talked to Alex like a week ago. Alex was watching the Rome team. He goes, he's down there watching the boys at Rome, and I talked to him. and So that told me right there. He's call- They're talking on the phone, him and Alex. Yeah. If there's if there's like fr- any friction or Alex is like nah. thinking he's not gonna they're not gonna be talking on the phone you know about the team at Rome you know that's not gonna happen if Freddie's pissed at him or he's or he's uncomfortable with Freddie because he knows he's not gonna sign him he's not gonna talk to Freddie like that casually socially about the team and because if they talked that means they were talking about the team what needs to be done yeah. that kind of thing yeah. you're not gonna do that with a guy you're not, you're planning on screwing over and not signing well yeah and you're not. If it's already gotten ugly, you know, I mean, yeah. if when you see players that, that they're not on the same page with the GM and they, they feel like they're not getting valued or the GM thinks they're a dickhead, you know, right. they are not on good terms. Right. I think 
you know, I watch this. I don't, I don't really understand what the plan is or when the time would be right. better to try to get it done or why it right. hasn't happened yet. But, um, I, you know, if he hits free agency, he's not going to, I'd be shocked. It's not yeah. happening. I think it's all about budgets. I think Liberty media has this budget and last year because of the, uh, no fans and broadcasting revenues down the budget for the quarters came in and it was, it was totally screwed. And yeah. I think this year they needed to see the budgets and those quarterly reports come in. They're going to see a big budget increase because they have, they've had eight sellouts already. Yeah. And I think they have to wait till that point. They're comfortable. Then they're okay to make this deal. I see think Alex knows. And I, I think that's what happens. I think it's strictly a corporate thing where they have to have, you know, or Terry McGurk or whoever's telling him, you know, let's they just wait till green light. Right. Just wait till we get this report. We're going to do it. And if Alex was at all concerned about it, he would, you know, off the record or whatever saying, you know, it's not me. Believe me. I'm a, I wish this could happen, but he's not doing that. So I think they all know it's going to happen. I really, I, I'll be shocked if it doesn't. I'd hate it, man, because it's one of the coolest things in baseball is when a player like Freddie wears one yeah. Jersey, you know, and wants Votto, to. Guy, yeah. And they want to stay. And they wear that same jersey, only having yeah. seen them play in one jersey for their for a Hall of Fame career. Yeah. That I mean that that just doesn't happen much. So if you got a Not chance anymore. to have a guy do that. And, and and also with Acuna out, I mean, I don't think this changes a lot, but you don't even know if Acuna's gonna be ready at the start of next year, you know? The last thing you do is need to that fans another slap in the face, you know. Oh, and Freddie Freeman, he also won't be back. So that's all four of the first four guys in your lineup and and we don't know uh, you know. Who's well, then it really looks like a business, too. Right, right. <laughs> it just looks like it's just strictly I'm going to go out on a limb right now and say it's going to get done. I'm 100%. I'm back to 100% it's going to be done. And I wasn't for a while, but just talking to the people that I, I – I, I, just talking to Freddie, I can just tell. If he really didn't think it was going to get done, he wouldn't have said the things he did. And made it clear yeah. he still wants to be here, you know. So, we'll see. Guys, let's take a quick break. And then we'll finish up the show. The uh, the draft picks. Have, have you paid any attention at all to the draft? I saw the, I saw the first rounder. Yeah, dude from Wake Forest. He's intriguing. Six foot six foot six, one hundred and one mile an hour fastball, um, and a good curveball too. The only thing they said his changeup is a work in progress. That if he gets that and he can just throw more strikes, they think this guy's a top of the rotation starter. But huge upside. Um, yeah. And at worst, he's a guy that can play in a bullpen long term with that fastball and the curveball. I saw him throw, and I thought he was throwing ninety two, ninety three. Yeah, like I was watching his mechanics, right. is watching the ball come out, and then when they said that's a hundred, I was like, damn. Right. I, I feel like he's got some room to improve mechanically, leverage a little bit, slow down his delivery, and get downhill just a just a tick. Yeah. Um, but that's the type of stuff that you know. I don't know. It's different for college guys because they have pretty good coaching. If it was a high yeah. school guy, I'd say they got a steal. But um, that's the type of stuff you get into pro ball for a few years. You need you need it not to work to make those changes too. Because if you're yeah. throwing 100 in college, you know you probably you're probably going to cruise through it pretty easy. But um, those are the type of things that you get into pro ball and you get with a really good pitching coach or coordinator, and they just they start fine tuning what he's able to do a little bit. But uh-huh. just being as big as he is and and throwing 96 to 100 already. I mean, that's yeah. it's hard to mess that up. 
Yeah, and it takes a long time for some of these guys with the long levers, as we've seen, like Randy Johnson. I mean, he sucked in the in the majors for about three yeah. or four years. You know, couldn't find through tons of walks. He had tons of walks at early on. So, you know, it takes longer for those guys. Generally speaking, there's and, and the Braves drafted, by the way, in the first eleven rounds, three six foot six pitchers. How about that? I always think of um, Chris Young, who's six six ten. Yep, throwing eighty five down the middle. And that just his height and the angle he was able to create being so tall. The yeah. first spring training I saw him throw, he was he was blowing hitters away. And we we looked up at the dude that was doing the radar gun in the stands. Yeah. And we were asking him how hard uh Chris Young was throwing. And he they put up a seven and we're like, Oh, he's throwing ninety seven. Yeah. We're like, ninety seven? He goes, <laughs> he's like eighty seven. We're like, damn, you know, it was just shocking that the ball was just by guys, but I'm always big. I, I like tall pitchers. You know, it, it is harder to coordinate with those long limbs and everything, and they need a little more time to grow into that control and, and mature, you know, physically. But yeah. I, I watched that guy throw, like I said, and I thought I didn't even think he was throwing hard. When they said the velocity and I saw some of the, the stuff he was doing with his delivery, I was like, man, that might be a really good pick. That's two years in a row they've taken a, their number one pick from Wake Forest, by the way. There's two guys mm-hmm. were teammates there. Dana Brown, the VP of uh, scouting, said, "You got to fish where the fish are." Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, th- but it asked him. They asked this kid. He was at he was at the uh, draft in Denver when they made when he when he got picked, and they asked him about what's going to be your first tech to Schuster, the guy they picked from Wake last year. What's going to be your first text to Schuster? And he said, "I beat you by one because he was picked in the tw- number twenty four. Schuster was twenty five. <laughs> so it, and 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 Dana Brown said." That's the personality this guy's got, that confidence, yeah. that swagger. They like his mental makeup. So we'll see He's that he doesn't lack any confidence. He didn't put up good numbers at Wake except for the strikeouts were huge. I mean, he obviously the, – the control problems are what undermined him. But he had – this year especially, he had just like – the strikeouts were like ninth highest rate in the country per nine innings. I mean, he was like 13 strikeouts per nine innings. So yeah. since 94-97, tops out in triple digits. And he's like 235 pounds too. He's not skinny. No. So he's strong. That's just, you know, you have the confidence in your, in your development staff, you know, your, your yeah. guys, your, your pitching coaches coming up, your, your coordinators, your rovers. If you have the confidence in all those guys. And a lot of times, you know, you check in with them and you're like, what do you see in his delivery? What can we clean up? What, what kind of potential does this guy have? And if they're confident, they can, they can get him in the zone. You know, yeah. I mean, that that's where it's all that's where it all plays out is is that development staff down in the minors. He was the hardest throwing starting pitcher in college ball this year. Yeah. 108 strikeouts, 32 walks and in 70 innings. So, I mean, that's not that bad on the walks. They said it was trending in the right direction and that would tend to be, to tend to believe that. Um yeah, they talked about just getting more consistent with the downhill. I and mean, he's throwing downhill basically. He's got a kind of a high three-quarter slot. You can't not when you're that tall. Yeah. 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 You can definitely improve it. Had at least, he had six games with at least 10 strikeouts, including 12 strikeout games against a couple of really good offenses, Florida State and Notre Dame. So, so we'll see. We'll see. He, they, they said about him that he could, he could come a lot faster than some because of the college and the age and the fact that, you know, he throws 101. So they could, they would not, I, they mentioned the possibility of bringing him up and starting him out like they did Aaron Sanchez when Dana and Alex were in Toronto. Yep. They brought Aaron Sanchez up as a reliever for the first couple of years and then moved him to starting. They said this guy could do the same thing. So, yeah, I, I don't, I don't like the idea of 
anytime a team drafts a guy as a reliever in the in the that high in the first round, I, I feel like you're burning it because you got to get starters. But mm-hmm. breaking them in that way, you know, you can not be intimidated by the league if you come up and you succeed. Yeah. Versus, you know, some of the guys they've tried to bring up as starters and have struggled over and over might benefit from throwing some innings out of the pen and being like, you know, hey, I can pitch here. You yeah. know, I just have to do it for a longer span. So sometimes that's a great, you know, soft landing for guys that could work. Schuster, by the way, is at high A Rome this year, and he's got uh, an 0958 whip and 31 strikeouts with eight walks and 24 innings. So he's pitching well. That's solid. Any whip under one for me is, is yeah. out catching. I mean, the other guy, the guy from Clemson is the one I think they might have got the biggest steal in last year's draft. Yeah. Strider guy. Oh, my God. His numbers are ridiculous. So, yeah, Billy Best is the is the big area scout for the Braves up in North Carolina in that area, and he's got these two guys, these last two guys, and he also did Strider. So he's, he's like their longest tenured scout. You know, they've gotten rid of so many of them, but he's – this guy's got it locked down up there in the whole South Atlantic region, man. That's well, important. Yeah, it's important, no doubt. It'll uh, – Oh, and the number two pick, also interesting. A Nebraska shortstop, right-handed pitcher. They drafted him as a pitcher, but this guy had also got some first-round interest as a shortstop. Dana was talking about how he loves drafting shortstops who are pitchers because yep. of the athleticism. Yep. Angleton Simmons, you know? Yep. A lot of teams wanted to draft him as a pitcher, and he talked the Braves into letting him you know, try, try as a hitter first. Well, it's nice, too, you know, if one thing fails. Yeah, you, yeah. You, <laughs> I, I got drafted the same year as Adam Jones, and Jonesy was a shortstop. Yeah. He had a cannon, but he – I mean, at shortstop, he was booting a lot of balls. And, you know, they talked about maybe having him pitch because he could throw 96 off the mound. Yeah. And then they moved him to center field, and his career just went – you know, that, that athleticism doesn't really slump. So they got this Schwellenbach guy from, uh, from Nebraska. Keith Law had projected him as the Braves' first-round pick. And they got him at the second round. So, obviously, they were thrilled that he was still available there. So, they really like him. And then they got a couple of uh, – this Texas Tech shortstop's interesting. Cal Conley with a fourth-round pick. Dude hit three twenty nine last year with 15 homers, 55 RBIs, and a nine eighty OPS in 56 games. I mean, that's doing some slugging from the shortstop's position, man. Yeah. And then a couple of Georgia Tech infielders. Uh, transfer from Vandy that went to Tech for a year. Justin Henry Malloy. Uh, fifth and sixth rounders, Luke Waddell in the fifth, a shortstop, third baseman, Justin Henry Malloy, another couple, couple of hitters. Uh, they got some interesting picks. And then a couple of uh, uh, Texas high school kids that uh, one of them's a couple of football players that they think they'll be able they, – they're going to be able to sign them. They they are confident they're going to have all their 10 guys signed, which these days that means they already got deals in place, you know, yeah. with all these guys because you don't draft them if you, you – know. You can they they're going to be able to pay over slot for some of these guys by paying under slot for some of those college guys. So, but one of them is intriguing is this guy uh, from uh, Tyler Collins of McKinney Boyd High School, lefty hitter. He's an eighth round pick, blazing speed, number two outfield prospect in Texas, left handed hitter, and gets down the line like four one or less. So that's going to be interesting to see. I played with a football player that was at UCLA when we were in the minor leagues. Uh, Matt Ware, he went on to he went on to play in the NFL, but this dude would hit a ground ball back to the pitcher and almost beat it out. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's it, I think it's always interesting to give those guys a chance at baseball and see if they stick with it. It's just the path in football is so much quicker. Yep, yep, yep. You don't have to look at three or four years in the minor leagues when you're in football. Yeah, 
So, but you can also look at a 15 year career in baseball and still have your brain when you're yeah, done. Exactly. So, all right. Well, uh, we'll, uh, we'll stay tuned and follow me on Twitter and we'll see if we hear anything on Ian Anderson. Probably won't hear anything till tomorrow. Uh, but we'll see. And we'll watch the All-Star game tonight and hope Freddie Free and Ozzy can do something. Yep. And, yep, fingers crossed on uh, Ian Anderson. That's it. 755 is real, and we are out. (laughs) 